0: Who else wants to role play with me a little on your situation where we see how you expressed your question back there?
1: It's me again, the the chronic forgetter. Uh, My question is this, uh, and I'll have to give you a little bit of history here uh, before I ask the question. Uh, my partner and I have been in a relationship for 10 years, and uh, we've spoken every version of Jackal that there is. Uh, I mean, it, it, it got to the point where we uh, we decided to separate and uh, try a trial separation, and uh, we're, we're trying to learn a new way to communicate uh, so that we can make this relationship work. Uh, my question would be, uh, one, one of my concerns is that uh, our needs are so different that uh they're not compatible
0: let me first of all suggest to you that needs are never incompatible you're mixing up needs and requests and that's probably the problem
1: okay uh i guess my question would be is uh is it possible that uh her need for economy and, and my needs for connection are, are so great that, uh, that it's just not possible. No, that no those, that's an
0: easy one to work out. As long as the person with the autonomy needs doesn't hear a demand and the other person hears. Those are, we all have both of those needs. We have autonomy and we have needs for connection. We have both. The problem can be easily worked out strategy-wise unless either party hears a criticism or a demand. That's what keeps the conflict from being resolved. Not the needs. It's real important to know that needs are never in conflict. So, so NBC
2: can
1: be used in every situation? There's not a situation that NBC can't uh,
0: reconcile? I have never seen it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Now, when I have had couples get their needs clear and looking for strategies for meeting those needs, they have mutually come sometimes to separate. That might be the best strategy for some people, given how they want their needs met. And I, one couple, I helped get a divorce. They invited the families on both sides. It was a very beautiful celebration. But uh, that's usually not the case. And most people, uh, the separation is created because they mix up needs and strategies. They hear demands and they hear criticism then that the simplest of conflicts then cannot be dealt with it cannot be resolved if either party hears a criticism or a demand right. yeah. I work a lot with couples groups where we just have groups of couples together and I told the group I was with yesterday how when I work with couples groups we identify the couple who has had the longest standing conflict that they haven't been able to resolve and I predict that we'll resolve the conflict within 20 minutes from the point at which each can tell me what the other party's needs are. And I'd say 75% of the time we make it within 20 minutes from the point at which they can each tell me what the other person's needs are, but it could take two hours to get that thought. Even with my help, because they want to They had enemy images of each other. I asked each side, can you tell me, here's a good example. I was working with a couple in Toronto, Canada, at the point of divorce. And I said, uh, I predict we can resolve this within 20 minutes from the point at which you can both tell me what your needs are was willing to start? The husband looks at the wife and says, you are totally insensitive to my needs. See, I asked him for his needs. And he gives me a diagnosis of his life. That's why conflicts aren't resolved. Enemy images.
1: What, what seems to be hard is that, uh... What really seems to be hard is that, uh... Our history has been uh, that, uh, you know, we speak so much like jackal to each other that even though we're trying to do NBC now, even uh, NBC seems like jackal.
0: It can be used that
1: You know what I mean? Well, uh, I, don't know. I, I don't know exactly what you mean, but
0: NBC can be used in a jackal way.
1: It's like uh, there's a raw nerve and uh, anything at all. Uh, uh, what's well, like having a toothache and uh, you know okay throw let's, a little let's, sugar do it. It. let's
0: do it I'm gonna play her role okay <laughs> I'm gonna play her role with giraffe. Ears. Now, I have giraffe ears on. And so you you have an easy job. You don't have to worry about how you communicate. Because now that I have giraffe ears on, you cannot speak, Josh. Everything you say is perfect giraffe. So you don't have to worry about a thing. Yeah. So, I'm getting
1: set up here.
0: <laughs> oh, you have a lucky job. I have giraffe ears. So I'd like to hear what I could do to make life more wonderful for you. That would be a big gift. For me. Could you tell me? Uh,
1: accept me more for who I am and uh, be more understanding.
0: So you have a need for acceptance and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Can you show me how I could demonstrate that acceptance when you're acting like a jackass?
1: <laughs> uh, am I acting like a jackass?
0: No, I got to check something out. See, did you get any criticism in that? Sure did. Then, uh, then it wasn't giraffe. See, if, if, sometimes I say that to my partner, and she likes it. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, she so, hears what's behind it, you know, and. Uh, so I'm just trying to demonstrate idiomatic
2: giraffe,
0: So we don't think that if you speak non-violent communication, you always have to use the set formula. However, now that I know you didn't like my humor, and if that sounds then I wouldn't use it with you. I'd go back to more classical giraffe. <laughs> so let me erase that and say it this way. How can I show you acceptance when I'm in deep pain in relationship to something you're doing? How can I meet your need for acceptance when I'm in deep pain in relationship to something you're doing? Well, I don't know that you could. Well, see, this is my dilemma. I don't know how to express my pain to you without you seeing it as not meeting your need for acceptance. So let's try it. Let me try an area where I'd like you to learn how to enjoy my pain. <laughs> Isn't that what I've been doing for the last 10 years? <laughs> I would say you were tolerating my pain, but not enjoying it. <laughs> By enjoying my pain, let me take a, a break out of the role play here for a moment. I got that phrase, enjoy my pain from a friend of mine who died 14 years ago. She was dying of a very painful disease. And whenever I would come to her town, uh, San Diego, California, she would call me on the phone and say, Marshall, come on over and play with my pain. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And here's what she meant by that. The first time she used it, I was surprised. I said, what the hell do you mean by play with your pain? She said, you know Marshall, what's the worst thing about this pain is not the physical pain. It's how other people can't deal with it. These good-hearted people, they see me in pain and then they feel they gotta fix it. And they try to give me advice as though I'm so stupid, I wouldn't have thought of this by now. <laughs> uh, or they end up getting in more shape, worse shape than I am and I end up taking care of them. And that's why I call you over because you're so cold-hearted and psychopathic. <laughs> And you don't give a rat's ass about anybody but yourself. <laughs> so you can listen to me, you enjoy my thing. So that's what she meant. She meant, of course, by that, that I could be with her without taking responsibility for feeling like I had to fix it. I know that she just needed empathy. And uh, it was precious for her that I could just be with her. And then she says, it's like play, even if it's pain, when you can have this quality of connection. Okay, so now you know what I mean by play with pain. So what I want now and back in the role, I'd like you to be able to play with my pain in the way that Marshall described that. So that instead of you seeing it as not accepting you. it would really be a source of connection. And how could I do that? Like if I'm really in pain about something, how could I express it so it would have that quality of connecting us rather than violating your need for acceptance?
1: Well, you could tell me that uh, you have a need for for me to listen, and uh, um, to understand that that, uh, I'm in pain.
0: I see. Yes, I'm, I'm sad. I can see that I often have not expressed my pain in a way that would make it clear that what I wanted was for you to enjoy my pain. Yeah, so are you saying that if I said something like this? I see you need understanding right now, but I'm in such pain, it's hard for me to give it to you. And I'd really appreciate it if you could hear my pain right now. Would you be willing to do that? Well, of course. So if I could do it that way. Okay. Now, tell me the criticism I make of you that's the hardest for you to feel acceptance, and I'll see if I can say it a different way. What do I say to you that triggers you the most?
1: Uh, when you uh, when you tell me why can't you be more uh, this or that?
0: What, what, give me one of those. What's, what follows that? Why can't you be more? What? Well, why can't you be more open-minded? Okay. Thank you. That's a good. That's a helpful one. I'm I'm really sad that I have said it in that way. Let me see if I can say it. I feel scared about whether my need for acceptance can be met unless I agree with you. How would you feel if I said it that way?
1: Well, that'd be a little bit easier. You could handle that
0: better if I said it that way.
1: I would be more open-minded at handling it, Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so you're saying when I call you closed-minded, it leads to self-fulfilling prophecies.
1: Uh, well... Yeah, when I'm, my, my ability to be open-minded is questioned, uh, I just close it down even further than that. Yeah.
0: I'm really sad that I have expressed my pain to you in the way that I have. I would have really liked to have been more understanding of how it would be received. How do you feel when I tell you that? Well, I feel more compassionate. What else have I said? I'd like to practice something else that i said in a way that was not easy for you to see the beauty of it. What else have I said? hard for you to remember, I'm sure, because I'm so, I'm so loving so much of the time.
1: <laughs> well, I'm gonna risk it and go out there. Um, I've tried every way that I could think of to get my need for connection met, and uh, a discussion that, that uh, went round and was, uh, I would say, uh, I need more close time, and uh, she would say,
0: uh, you're too needy. Yeah, I'm so sad I said it that way. I really would have liked to have said it this way. I'm really I'm sure. torn. I see you have a need for closeness, and I have a need for some empathy for my pain before I can be sincerely close with you. I wish I could have said it that way. Yeah,
1: I, I, that would have been... Yeah. Much
0: better received, I think. Yeah, I'm so sad that I didn't know how to say it in terms of my feelings. And me, but I can see how that would have been very hard for you to deal with. How am I doing? Huh. Yeah, you, you need to have that to come home. <laughs> Check with my partner before you get into something like that. (laughs) She may want you to see the real truth of what it's like living with her.
1: Remember, he's male. He's probably got maleitis. (laughs) The (laughs) shift in the quality
0: of his connection is very profound. But you see what I mean now when I say that all jackal messages are just needs? You see that in the last two examples that I said, you're too needy. It's an expression of my need for some empathy for the pain that keeps me from being able to. So all judgments are beautiful messages if we can see the need they're trying to express. jackal says, I need support this way. You're lazy. A giraffe says, I need support. Would you be willing, I need support in getting the house in order. Would you be willing to pick up uh, the toys in your room? A jackal says, the room is a mess, you clean it up. So they either make a judgment and a demand or a diagnosis. The idea is if you make a diagnosis of somebody, They see what's wrong with them, and they will repent, hate themselves enough to change. You see, that's how we have been educated to communicate. So that husband I told you, who said to his wife, you're totally insensitive to my need." Now, do you predict that made her more sensitive to his name? (laughs) See, we have been taught a suicidal language. That when we need something the most, we express it in a way that makes it an enormous challenge for people to enjoy giving it to them. Yeah. <laughs> go.
3: Yes.
2: How do you let go of wanting something to be done? Like, you have a, I have a need for order and I would like the bathroom to be clean. How do I let go of actually having it to be done, so that it's a clean request?
0: You don't have to ever let go of your needs or requests in nonviolent communication. You have to not be addicted to your request. See, we never give in. It's not a permissiveness. It's not saying we have to tolerate getting our needs. In. No, you have to know the difference between the objective of getting the bathroom clean and creating the connection with that person that will allow your needs and theirs to be met in that situation. You see that difference? Yes. If I'm the other person, Mom, and I see you having single-mindedness of purpose to get this to be cleaned up, it takes all the joy out of doing it. It threatens my need for autonomy. And then I feel guilty because I think of all you've done for me. And then I not only hear you demanding, but then I tell myself I should. And then I'm in the middle of uh, two shoulds and then there's no way.
2: And then I'll pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
4: Thank you. Um so I'm still confused about demands and needs. Um I have an allergy to cats. Yeah. And if there's cat hair on my bed, <clears throat> I'll cough and snot. Yep. and...
0: Yeah, and the more you give me justification, the more I hear a demand. Right, and
4: it is demand. I'm... Let's be really no, convinced. it isn't a demand. It isn't?
0: No, there is no such thing as a demand if we have oh. giraffe ears on.
4: Okay. Well, it's a need. But if really, another person
0: has jackal ears on, I wanted you to point out that just that you were explaining would be heard as a demand, because then you sound like a lawyer in court and so now with all of that fact that you're showing me how damn sick you get if I don't do, you know, respond to the cat now I don't want to remove the cat
4: right, okay so, so what do I do, kill the cat? no, there's not a cat <laughs> <laughs> I already killed it kill, what I need is kill the
0: unnecessary explanation
4: okay, <clears throat> sorry I thought since you didn't know me you might
0: need an explanation no, I'm, I'm talking about in that role I'll bet you have done the same thing I'll bet you you've said to the person more than they want to hear how sick you get when the cat is in there and so forth and so on.
4: Right, true. Yeah. So here's what I need. I need you to, well, I'll just tell you. I I really would like for my partner, I need for my partner to not come to bed wearing clothes covered with cat hair. Because if that happens, I can't sleep.
0: Yeah. And I've, of Now course, I'm the partner. Yeah. We'll be well on our way to doing that, to getting your need met, if you empathize with why I don't do it.
4: Okay, so I'll make my request and you tell me something. No, you got to
0: start before the request. Okay. Uh, if, if you want me to hear your request, it would make it much easier to hear it. If you begin by empathizing with the good reasons why I've heard you say this 30 times, and you're still not doing it. Okay. <laughs> this goes for almost anything. For example, I was working with a mother in Switzerland in a workshop, and... She wanted to know, how do I get my son to stop smoking? I say, is that your objective? Yeah. And then he'll continue to smoke. Oh, I'm supposed to let him kill himself? by smoking? if it's your objective, and I told her what I've said a couple times already today, the objective needs to be that this person trusts that your objective is to create a connection with them that will allow everyone's needs to get met. Notice there's no discussion in there about strategies, whether to smoke or not smoke. A connection at the need level. And I, would, I said to her, I would suggest you begin the discussion with him by showing him that you see that his smoking is absolutely the most wonderful thing he could be doing. She said, huh? <laughs> it's killing him. Hold it now. This doesn't mean you have to like it. You show people that you understand what they're doing is the most wonderful thing they could be doing through empathic connection with the needs they're trying to meet by doing it. When people can feel that empathic connection, they can better trust that you have no judgment of them for it. Doesn't mean you have to like it, but it means they feel no judgment for it. Anyway, the lunch break came, and she comes back after lunch beaming. She said, oh, thank you, Marshall, for what you said this morning. I just had the most precious connection with my son about his smoking. And to understand how precious it was, you need to know, for the last two years, almost every day, we've done nothing but fight about his smoking. (coughs) I said, how did you get home so quick? Uh, we were up in the mountains. Oh, I called him on the phone. My 12-year-old son answered the phone, and I said, quick, quick, get your brother on the phone. I want to talk to him. Uh, He's on the back porch. (laughs) <laughs> now she then knew he was smoking because after two years of fighting almost every day, at least they had, he had agreed he would smoke not in the house but on the back porch. So now she knows he's smoking. She said, that's okay, tell him I want to talk to him. So 15 year old comes on the phone and the younger brother told him that the mother knows you were smoking. So he's ready for the usual crap. So he says, what do you want? She says, uh, "I wanted to talk. I'm on my lunch break. I wanted to talk to you about something I learned about your smoking today in the workshop." What? <laughs> He's expecting another, you know, statistic about how much lung cancer and so forth. She said, "I learned that it was the most wonderful thing you could be doing." I said to her, now that isn't exactly how I meant for you to communicate that. You know, I meant to communicate it by empathy. That communicates the, no, she said, well, I understood that. But I knew this guy, and I felt I could really con- connect with him by saying that. And I think he would understand that better than through empathy. Well, you know him better than I do. What was his reaction? She said, it was profound, especially if you realize how we fought about this two years. First, there was a long, pause, and then he said, "I'm not so sure about that." Uh. So, the most, the most powerful thing you can do when somebody's doing something you don't like—if you really like wearing, uh, uh, coming to bed with six cats, could you say or something? But, uh, Seven. Is. Uh, <laughs> is start by showing him that his not doing it is the most wonderful thing he could be doing by empathy. So let's start with that.
4: Honey, I just, I love it when you come to
2: bed. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Start with empathy for what goes on in me that keeps me from doing what you want.
4: Honey, I know that you love cats and um, I really admire the way that all the cats in the neighborhood come to you. <laughs>
0: Now, I, I, I'm going to share something with you. I hear a butt coming on. Do you predict that also? Not yet, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not feeling any empathy. Smart. I'm just waiting for the butt. I just, don't feel any understanding.
4: Just wait, it's coming. <laughs> and I know that um, it's hard for you to wash your clothes all the time before you come to bed. I know that you get tired of piles of laundry and having to wash clothes and having me always ask you, you know, if you're coming to bed in clean clothes, and I know that that's really getting kind of old. I really understand that. And I'm just wondering if you and I could figure out a way that-
0: Now see what you're doing is you're not empathizing. That's fake empathy. See, I could feel from the energy the whole time that you were getting to the solution you weren't taking time to co- create the connection you already looked like you had single mindedness and purpose to get the damn cat hair out of the bed it's true. it's true and as long as that's your objective I'm going to hear a demand because the issue is not that I have to wash the clothes so often the issue is autonomy I feel you have single mindedness and purpose to keep to get me to do this and and not only that but I think I should because I don't want you to be sick. and when I'm operating under that demand. There's no joy in doing what you want. And I need empathy for that, and I'm not getting
4: it. Okay. Um, So, when we've discussed this, he's told me that he thinks I have no right to have needs because he's a man and I'm a woman.
0: And this is an issue that we're working on in wait a, wait a minute, wait a minute,
4: wait a minute, Was he sober when he said this? Yes, and also very honest. Say so we'll it, it
0: again then, I didn't get it. So he said, okay. "What? I'm going to put my giraffe ears on and okay. see if I can guess what he was feeling and meaning when he said it. Okay. See, you never, this is a good example of when you never want to hear what a jackal thinks. It'll make you sick. The, a, a statement like that, if I heard it correctly, it'll make you sick if you hear what the jackal thinks. But you'll love it if you translate it into what that jackal is feeling and needing when they say it. So let's practice how, if we're on the receiving end of this message, we don't hear what the jackal thinks. We hear the feelings and needs the jackal's trying to express in this distorted way. So. Um what he says no, is you be him now and say that okay, message. Okay. All
4: right. Well, my mother never had needs. My dad never let her have needs. And you're not supposed to have needs because you're my woman and and I'm supposed to have all the control. You're not allowed to have needs. I don't like it when you tell me you have needs.
0: Oh boy. And is I'm not gonna meet them. Now do you hear the severe case of male Yes. You See that this is a severe case of maleitis. So, what are the feelings of this person? Fear, fear, yeah, fear. deep fear. Well, behind the rage, you see. Uh, very often, uh, the fear associated with the need for autonomy uh, is hidden behind the judgment. You see, that kind of thinking that the woman shouldn't have these needs and should. So if there's a should in a person's head, they disconnected themselves from their needs. So the first thing that we need to deal with is the anger coming from the should. So it's probably anger because he has a need for autonomy that isn't getting met. But he's not in touch with the need for autonomy. He's lost in those thoughts. See, the cause of anger is always the same thing. We get angry because we think. we don't get angry because of what other people do. We get angry because we think. We think life alienated violence provocative thoughts. Now what do I mean by life alienated? Disconnected from needles. What do I mean by violence provocative? Implicit is the concept of deserve. That if you are this thing I'm judging you as, you deserve to suffer for it. Because you're bad, evil, violent, sick, stupid, whatever. All of that implies you deserve to be penitent. You should be sorry for what you're doing. You should hate yourself for doing this. See, this is the way we've educated ourselves for a long time, about 8,000 years. This is the process of education in our judicial system. It's based on deserve. If you do so much of a crime, you deserve X months in in a penitentiary, a place designed to make you penitent. If you do more of it, then you deserve more penitence. Can you think of anything more stupid than that? More violence provocative than that? Do you feel safe living within such a judicial system? And why do we keep it going? Let's create a restorative judicial system. Okay, well that's another issue. But now, but I like to sneak that one in every chance I get. Okay.
5: We should put all the women in
4: there. They deserve it.
0: In the prison, you mean? Yes, yes. Women,
4: women should be in prison. So yes, they're a, uppity.
0: If I'm hearing you, you really feel a lot of anger and want some respect that you're not receiving in your relationships with women.
4: Damn right. Yeah,
0: yeah, you really have a strong need for respect at this point.
4: Yeah. My woman should just do what I say yeah. and yeah. not give me any lip. Yeah.
0: You'd really like respect, and the way you'd like that is if the person, your woman, could do what you would like and do it without question.
4: Yeah. Yeah, she shouldn't question me. She shouldn't have needs or feelings. I don't want to talk about feelings. I just want to live my life and just be served. That's what my dad got. That's what I should get. I'm a man.
0: You'd like to have somebody who enjoys contributing to your well-being and does things without you having to ask.
4: Right. I don't want to have to think about her well-being. I shouldn't have to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a man. Yeah, you want to do what you serve in the way that you've understood you're to serve by doing the work, and you'd like respect in the form of the other person doing the job that you'd like to be done.
4: Right. So how can I get her to do
0: that? First, I've got some pain in relationship to what I've been hearing you say, but would you be willing to hear it?
4: As long as you don't cry or you know, yeah, just don't ask me to empathize. Yeah, I don't want to I don't you. cry. I don't want
0: to cry. I want to vomit.
4: <laughs> don't make me clean it up.
0: So we will get your wife to do. It. Good. No, I really am serious. I almost want to vomit when I hear what you're saying, and I want you to hear it. If you hear any criticism, let me know. That's not my intent. I just really want to be honest with you. I almost felt like vomiting when I heard what you made me sick to my stomach how do you feel when i tell you that criticized how could i have told you i felt that without you hearing criticized if it's the truth i mean that's going on in me. probably can't yeah and i hope you can see how painful that is for me uh, i tried to understand you and now i want some understanding and you hear criticism
4: i'll listen but i feel inadequate you know, I know I'm not supposed to be like this, but,
0: so, but I am. So it's not easy. You want me to just to hear how scary it is and how easy it is to hear stuff like I'm telling you? Yeah. I feel sad for you, in one sense, because you're mixing up respect with obedience. And then I, I predict that's going to make life miserable for you and your partner. Can you tell me back what you heard?
4: Yeah, that if I keep expecting my woman to mind me that I'm not gonna
0: be happy. Thank you, that's almost what I was saying. I am saying, I want you to see a difference between respect and obedience. To me, they're the opposite.
4: Well, I mean, if some, someone don't mind you, they're not respecting you.
0: If they don't mind you? Yeah. See, that's why I get scared when I hear you talk. If you mix up respect and obedience, I don't think you're ever gonna get your need for respect. Now. Well, what's respect
4: then? I don't know what it is. Did you feel the
0: respect when I was empathizing with you when you started to talk, when I was hearing you? No, I just felt like you were listening. Yeah. That's not respect, is it? Well, I define it. That's how I define respect. If I get somebody listening to me and hears me, I feel my need for respect. It's through that empathy. For me, empathy and respect are the same thing. I want people to be able to understand me. and without thinking they have to obey me for me to get my need for respect. I don't want to put them in that dilemma where the only way they can, but my need for respect is if they obey.
4: Well, I'll think about that, but I don't understand it. Doesn't would, seem
0: right. Well, I'm glad, I'm just glad we had this conversation because if you can get that in a year, I'll be sad. <laughs> that's what it usually takes me with the many people that I work with who have come out of certain traditions that have these beliefs there's a woman's uh, job and a men's job and that this is the way it should be uh, it's not an easy shift to make
4: well, let me break break the role for a second and thank you and say that it has taken about two years and things are very different but that's that's the paradigm we're coming from and it's really challenging so thank you for your your role play
0: yeah Yeah.
3: is it uh, I uh, I, uh, I have a need for a perspective from you is it as is it as doable in a relationship to practice nonviolent communication if your significant
0: other is not in the know of that particular process? If you use nonviolent communication, the other person is always doing it.
3: No, if I use nonviolent communication and the other person doesn't.
0: Know about that doesn't matter. They don't have to know about it. If you use nonviolent communication, the person you're speaking with uses it perfectly. Because all you can receive from them is our feelings, needs, and requests. You can't hear anything else. They are speaking perfect nonviolent communication if they're using it. So we never have to worry about the other person. That takes a big load off our mind. We don't have to worry about how others respond. We just have to worry about one person, ourselves. Thank you, wonderful.
3: Thank you. Um, We have a situation where I think that our needs or feelings are uh, at permanent opposites, and I hope that we can resolve them. our property is being overgrown with blackberry brambles, um, particularly in the Northwest this is the problem. They're very sharp yeah. and they're um, very aggressive. And for the past five years, I've tried to uh, cut them back and take them out. Let's
0: not get into the story. Yes. Let's just okay. get to the, Look, the problem. Okay,
3: the problem, the communication problem is this. I believe that the only way I can meet my need uh, to
0: rid the area of blackberries is to use an herbicide. So I'm the partner, so what do you let's deal with it again. Now try to use nonviolent communication in communicating. It is important to me. Now already you're in trouble. You (laughs) use the word it to start with. Okay. That sounds like a very dogmatic statement. I I I feel uh, that I have no now when you get the word that after feel, it's not gonna be it's not gonna connect us. I feel frustrated. Now we're cooking. <laughs> I have no control. I, no, that's, that's a thought, that okay. you have no control. Okay. You feel frustrated now once the feeling is on the table with the speed of light connected to your knee. I need to be
3: able to solve a problem in front of me and uh, not feel...
0: No, uh, Okay. <laughs> See, every word we use okay. that is not directly related to feelings, needs, and requests decreases the likelihood we're going to okay. get what we want. I, I feel that no, I Oh, uh, no, okay. That's what, that's, anything that goes, I feel that, is mm-hmm. going to get in the way of you getting your needs met. I, I feel. Um, frustrated. Frustrated. And your need is what? Because <coughs> your need for what isn't being. Um, my need is to um,
3: feel. No? Okay. My need is for what? What does your need? My my need is for uh, empathy, or not to be to, to feel safe in acting. My need is my need is for safety. Okay. My, my need, I need to feel safe that I can act that I will still be loved after
0: I act. I got you. So you need you need acceptance, unconditional acceptance. Yes, I, okay. I need to
3: be accepted and okay. not be not known, be
0: hated if I do something. No, leave that out of it, okay. just see so okay. the more words the less understanding. Okay. <laughs> okay, and now quick once the need, the unmet need is on the table with the speed of light to a present request. Um uh, please uh let me no, let uh, me is not doable. Okay. You can do whatever you want to do. Okay.
3: Uh
0: Do not be angry no, with don't me. Don't say what you okay. don't want, <laughs> and never and never put a feeling in okay. the request, okay. either to what okay. you do want the person to feel or don't want them okay. to feel. That's not doable. Okay, it's got to be a doable request. Uh, please do not interfere no, with the no, no. plans. That's a double. That's a double whammy. You judge me as interfering, and now I want to defend myself on that. That takes me away from hearing your needs. Okay, and you said what you don't want. We say what we do want in nonviolent communication. If you want to say don't want after the do want, fine. I'd like you to do this rather than this. But we never just say the don't want.
3: Okay. Um, I'd like you to
0: appreciate... No, not doable. Okay. The number one reason we don't get our needs met, we don't express them. We express judgment. If we do express needs, the number two reason we don't get our needs met, we don't make clear requests. Those are the two main reasons we don't get our needs met. We don't know how to express the need to begin with. Second, if we do, we forget to put a clear request after. Or we use vague words like appreciate, listen, recognize, know, be real, stuff like that. Okay, what do you want me to do when I'm scared to death that you're destroying the environment. What the hell do you want me to do when I have that fear? And, the kids. and I also <laughs> would like to protect the kids from it. And the animals. Anybody else? <laughs>
3: I'd like to put the house on the market. (laughs) It's too expensive to hire other people to
0: do it. It's unpleasant work. (laughs) But seriously now, notice how when we get the needs clear, some other options start to come. I'm not saying that's the only one, but you see, once we hear everybody's needs, we start getting into other options that can get everybody's needs. Selling the houses while i getting somebody else into clearing out the things without the disinfectants, uh, organic or herbicides, uh, opening up a black market. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
5: me to talk because he's uncomfortable talking in a large group. And the reason why we're here is because I start yelling at him and he doesn't like it. Yep. And so and so he agreed to come to this workshop so we could try to find another way to talk about his homework. <laughs> okay.
0: Can I I'll be him. I'll be him with giraffe ears. Well
5: you also have to have teen dementia. <laughs>
0: Key dementia.
5: (laughs) Kind of like malitis. That's where you tell them something and then they forget it.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, I got you, Mom. Okay, I've got giraffe ears on, Mom. I'll I'll have that key dementia anytime (coughs) I feel you have single-mindedness of purpose. Can you tell me back what you heard, Mom?
5: What I heard is that when I'm when I'm committed to making sure you pass your classes, yes. you're going to ignore me. Yes. <laughs> and this or, or worse. To... <laughs> well, I haven't said worse yet. But...
0: I've thought of it.
5: That's probably true. Yeah. We've had that Mom,
0: conversation. here's the dilemma for me, Mom. In my head, I know that it's because you love me and care for me. But those are the worst jackals, the ones that, that dominate you out of love. So when I hear that I'm being forced to do something and that if I don't do it, my poor mother's going to be in pain and, I, and then she's telling me I, my whole life is going to be ruined. When doing a simple arithmetic or uh, exercise or doing some other stuff that I see as meaningless, uh, except for getting grades so I can get to the next step and learn more meaningless stuff and get to the next step, and I don't get all of the empathy I need for how damn aggravating the school is to begin with. Yeah. And then I have to deal with you so addicted to my safety and security. <sighs> you getting it, Mom? <laughs> Let me check in with my director. How am I doing?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Mom, how do you feel about what I said?
5: Well, I understand you're in a difficult position and you're
0: still doing your homework. work. <laughs> well, then I didn't make it clear, Mom. I need you more to understand that abstraction, a difficult position. I really is serious. I need you to hear the pain I'm in when I'm already struggling with stuff that I'm required to do for so many hours a day that I really don't see how it serves my life, really, except that get grades and then you get this and then, you know, 50 years from now, I have a good job. It's all about the future, Mom, and that's... It's like there's no life now. But How do you can, feel when I tell you that much, Mom?
5: Well, we can make it more immediate. Mom, <laughs> I,
0: I need... You. Already you're going to strategies, you see. Already, I am. Already, I just feel. I just feel hopeless about talking with you because it just feels like I'm not ever going to get the understanding I need of why the hell is it so aggravating? I... <laughs>
5: Is it so aggravating? what? Why? Well, I need you to understand.
0: Just, let me, let me make it easier for you. I'll break it down into two, two major parts, okay? First, so much of what I'm being asked to do in school is frustrating for me because it doesn't meet my need for meaning. I don't see how it's really going to enrich my life. Except as it gets grades, then I'll get up there. But there's nothing that I see really enriching my life and learning the subject. Can you tell me that back line? Um, that
5: you don't see how it adds value. There's okay. a purpose behind.
0: Thank you. And to do things when there's no intrinsic purpose, it's just all to get rewards so you can get rewards so you can get a job that pays well. It's like drastic. If that's what life is, it's just drastic. So thank you for hearing that, mom. Now, the second part is when I see you in such pain if I don't, and it feels to me like you have such single-mindedness of purpose, I feel both anger and guilt. Anger because I don't like to, to have somebody so single-mindedness of purpose trying to get me to do something. And guilt, because in my head, I know you going out of caring for me then I tell myself I shouldn't be this way. Can you tell me that back, Mom?
5: That because you know that <coughs> I've done so much to put you and make this, make this school, etc., possible for you that then you feel guilty because you're not doing it.
0: Well, yes, that's, that's close on that. And then my anger when I feel that my autonomy is threatened because you have single-mindedness of purpose. So, thank you for staying with me and hearing that, Mom. Um, how do you feel when I tell you this?
5: Um, I wish life were different. That time. doesn't
0: tell me how you feel. That tells me what you wish.
2: <laughs> um.
5: I guess I at a loss because I, I can't I can't
0: fix that so you feel kind of powerless mom and
5: yet you still have to
0: do it um, you've got good thing I have giraffe ears on mom because <laughs> any time I hear the word have to or should you can almost bet I'm not going to do it I'm going to prove to you mom I don't have to do anything I don't choose to and be glad that I'm that way mom because you don't want me to be a nice dead person you really think I have to do what authorities tell me? Do you really want that, Mom? To have that word, have to, in my head? Probably the worst thing that could be in my head, Mom, the thought that I'd have to do anything. <coughs> what you mean by that, Mom, is you're scared to death of what might happen if I don't. Say that, Mom, I can see the caring. But when I hear have to and should, it's the last thing I'll do.
5: And I get concerned if you don't learn yeah, I hear that. I, I'm concerned that if you don't <coughs> know how to organize and manage things, that um, that you won't be able to take care of yourself, yeah. and 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 if you decide to have a family, take care of them. Yeah. So I see now
0: that you're really worried for my future about my ability to organize things and get the important things done. Mom, I'm very confident I can organize anything that I see it's life-serving purpose, but not when I don't see it's purpose. And I really don't see learning this stuff is gonna serve life.
5: So, so as a parent, the position I feel like I'm being put in
2: yeah.
5: is that this is, this is not optional. I mean, so then as my role as a parent, I need to put in strategies and
0: Mom, in place. Can, I, can I suggest something that would greatly improve our relationship? <laughs> I don't Please, know. Please, Mom, do not dehumanize yourself or me by thinking that you're a parent and I'm your child. That will make it very hard for us to have the connection that's good for both of us. Those are destructive labels, Mom. in our society that puts you in the role of a cop and that puts me in the role of a slave the way those terms are defined so let's use those terms for shorthand you know expressions you know we talk to somebody else I have three children but when we talk to each other let's not see a parent and a child let's have the same quality of connection we would hope we have with anybody that we respect how do you feel when I tell you that, Mom? I have
5: a responsibility. And, and So I, let me
0: let me let me cut through that jackal thinking, Mom, and see if I can hear your feelings. I have a responsibility, a vague abstract jackal thinking, Mom. If I'm hearing you, you're saying you feel scared what I'm saying, because you really want to contribute to my well being in any way you can. Is that what you mean?
5: What I mean is that it's my that it's my job. No, don't
0: stop. With, anything you start with an "it," mom, is going to get us disconnected. <coughs> Talk about I. I feel. I need. I request. Um, I need
5: mean to be able to look back.
0: Yeah.
5: And and know that that.
0: Um, you contributed to my well-being in every way you could.
5: No, not, not
0: that. And I'm not clear what you're getting at.
5: That, that, that I was able to uh, give you the tools you need to be successful. So
0: you want to contribute to my having the tools to be successful. This kind of dialogue will give me those tools now. If I need you to make me do things, I have no responsibility. I have no tools. This dialogue is the most powerful way I'll develop those tools now. How do you feel when I tell you that?
5: What I feel is that what I'm hearing is that I, is that. So, I'm to do nothing and then if you Thank you for telling
0: me that's what you heard, Mom. (laughs) I can see I didn't make myself clear. Notice I didn't say that isn't what I said. Okay, so that, I said thank you for telling me that's what you heard, Mom. I can see I didn't make myself clear. I'm saying that the most helpful thing to help me develop myself my tools and so forth is this dialogue not you taking responsibility for my actions you can't control me mom
5: I agree you get to make your own choices so there therefore what can help
0: me most is to benefit from your expertise you're up you're you've lived longer you know things that will come out more in this kind of dialogue but if I see you as trying to get me to behave in a certain way I'll resist even your wisdom. How do you feel when I tell you that, Mom?
5: How I feel is that this sounds really great in theory. No,
0: Mom, that doesn't (laughs) tell me what you feel, that's a thought.
5: I feel pretty frustrated. Okay, Mom, that
0: answered my question. And What's your need, Mom, that isn't being met? Pardon? What's the need that goes with the frustration?
5: I need the homework to be completed. (laughs)
0: We're back to ground one, Mom. Back to single-mindedness and purpose. As long as that's your objective, Mom, I'll resist it. (coughs) As long as that's your objective. Unless I have giraffe ears, then I can just hear how scared you are and how you've got yourself all mixed up over what your responsibilities are as a parent and then I might be able to figure out whether I want to do it or not. But if I don't have the giraffe ears on and I think you have single-mindedness of purpose to get me to do the homework. It's the last thing I'll do. How do you feel though, mom, right now? I feel
5: this is like a five year process here. (laughs) And there isn't,
2: a solution Mom,
0: you should have to gone to Marshall's training earlier. He <coughs> would have told you the secret to happiness is not to have children. <laughs> Go directly to grandchildren. <laughs> when I went through this with my son, his age, Oh, it was painful because I lived in a society that said children have to go to school. And even though everything my son said made sense to me about when he told me how they were teaching him and what they were teaching him. I felt like you did, but you have to. I had to stop and listen. And we resolved it. He didn't go to school. Now he's a professor of Spanish at the University of California. He didn't go to school. He learned other things during that time. He learned how to speak Spanish because his friends spoke Spanish. He's a professor of Spanish now. He didn't learn that in school. Yeah. But we had to go to the judge because, yes, the, the law did say you have to go to school until you're 16, so he went before the judge and as we drove down there I said now if ever you had giraffe ears make sure you have them on with the judge, (laughs) because we don't want to see an enemy image, Uh, you know, uh, he's just, here his need is to protect children, he means well, and he feels that it would really help children to have schooling. So I was very pleased with how my son put giraffe ears on and empathized with the judge, although. Poor Judson didn't, I could just see he didn't know what to do, because he has two categories. Delinquent, you put him in one institution, or emotionally disturbed, you put him in another. Uh, or the parent is somehow screwed up, you put them in jail. So he, he was just very confused, and finally he said to me, well, okay, if you want to ruin your son's life, that's your business. <laughs> yes.